you'll see me standing by. The storms may come, but fear not. Oh, Noah, I am thine. And through the upper window, you'll see me standing by. There are other verses. I, I could not recall them. My wife looked it up the other day, and I just couldn't recall. But we certainly get the message in it, don't we? And we give God the praise for that. Without any further word except to say we appreciate so much uh, the songs, the song services, the specials, the congregational, everything that we've been privileged to experience here. It's been a real blessing as far as the services of the Lord are concerned. And God makes it that way for us, doesn't he? The Gospel of Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to read my text verse to begin with. And then in just a few moments we'll be noticing some other verses in this chapter and referring to others throughout the scriptures. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9 and verse 12, no doubt a very familiar passage of scripture to you. But when Jesus heard that, they said, or excuse me, but when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. My subject this morning, based upon and from this passage of scripture, is the great physician and his patience. The great physician and his patience. And we note here how that, and I'm going to give you some of the uh, main points that I'm going to be uh, preaching upon. First, I heard a story sometime back, and perhaps Nate re related this to you, or you have heard it. There was a fellow pastor, he was preaching one morning, and he had six or seven points. And toward the close, of course, then it gets to where people stop counting. But after the service, he and his companion were having dinner, and she told him, she said, that was just too many points. So in the evening service, he got up to preach the message, and he said, my wife had told me at the dinner table that I had too many points this morning. So tonight, the message is going to be pointless. <laughs> and certainly we know what he meant, but it could be taken different ways, couldn't it? Here in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9 and verse 12, we find where that the Lord, of course, is the great physician. We sing of it. We read in the scriptures many passages where that it refers to him who heals like no other. And him who heals and none can hinder. And he is a physician. And he is the great physician. He is the only one that is the great physician. There are many good 
and we refer to every physician that's ever worked on me. And I recovered, thankfully. To me, they were great, personally, individually. But this great physician is unlike any other. And I want to notice uh, the first point of the message this morning is that in the Bible, God teaches and mercy graciously tells us and regards sin as a disease. That's how it's taught in the scriptures. That sin is taught as a disease. And all of us are familiar with some kind of a disease. Whether we have had something or we know of someone who has had a disease. But now, sin is more than just a disease. Sin is more than a sickness. And Jesus does more than look pity upon us when we are suffering. For we find that the Bible tells us that the picture of sin is so heinous that in our very nature that we are born with, we are full of it. In fact, Isaiah stated, did he not, from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. And how proper that he should speak in such a way. Many times, different illnesses, diseases are spoken of as viruses, bacterial infections, plagues, and even as we have gone through just recently and a few, a few years ago concerning that pandemic, we find that there is so much sickness that is contagious. Well, I believe that I'm going to use here in this point of how that sin has some, so many similarities to the characteristic of disease. We bear in mind that sin is more than a disease. For sin, people die. And I read after one writer, and he wrote it in this fashion, that people keep dying. If they go to hell, the Bible says the worm dieth not. It's an eternal death, isn't it? God's people have eternal life. But those who depart this life not knowing Christ, the Bible speaks of it as eternal death. It's hard to think of that because we are familiar with death in this life, how that it is such a separation, and it is. And a person only dies physically one time. But this is eternal death. And so the writer put it in that fashion. He said that they, a person keeps dying. They die. They die. They die. And that's what the Bible t- teaches us and tells us about. First, under this point, that sin is often regarded in the scriptures as a disease, but again, so much more. Sin is hereditary. Aren't some of our afflictions 
we've been told related to, well, you were born that way. Or it runs in your family. Almost every time I've filled out my annual uh, questionnaire for my primary care physician, they want to know things about my father, my mother, and then it's supposed to be a key to them that they are on the lookout and they keep an eye out uh, for the possibility that it's hereditary and that it will also affect us. And some has in my case. But sin is so hereditary that it has gone to this degree. It has tainted our blood. We have bad blood spiritually. And the Bible teaches us that the very center of our hearts and desires and our wills is so very sinful and hereditary. Sometimes we wonder how folks have gotten the way that they have gotten to today. So much evil in the world today. They were born with it. I have heard some people say, well, it's just, it's just, and they referred to some very nice people. And I understand what they're saying. They're saying uh, they just are such nice people. They could never do anything wrong. That's really not true. As far as sin, as far as the teaching of the scriptures in regard to these things. And I know, and, and you all are some very, very uh, nice people and good people, and I know what that expression means. But we were all born in sin, weren't we? We all have tainted blood. And we find that also sin, when it is likened unto a disease, there are diseases that are disabling, aren't they? See, not only hereditary, but disabling. They cripple us, don't they? The first time I began to suffer with arthritis, I thought, what in the world's wrong with me? And now, since I know, it doesn't make me feel any better. Except for the fact that, well, as we spoke even to some this morning, just means we're getting closer to heaven. So it is disabling. Some of our occupations have had to change. Some of the things that we once enjoyed have had to change. People are born into this world, and sometimes when a child is born, we'll say, oh, they look so healthy, they look so strong. And they are. But spiritually, we are born into this world feeble. Amen. We are so very weak. In fact, more than weak. There is a description in the Bible that tells about some in their sins and it says that they are as unstable as water. And they are. Another likeness is this. Sin. There are diseases that are loathsome, aren't they? Sin is loathsome. 
Oh, yes, it is. It's not, there is no beauty in sin. There is nothing attractive about sin. There are diseases that are just too much for folks to deal with, aren't there? Well, we can't deal with sin either, but Jesus did on our behalf. We find that sin is also likened to a disease in this way. It's polluting. You, I'm sure, remember well the teaching in the Old Testament concerning leprosy and how that there was no cure. And in some ways, it's treatable today, but I don't know if it's really curable, but it's treatable, and we're thankful for that. There are some things that, according to medical science, there's no treatment, isn't there? And we don't like to hear those terms, do we? But sin is polluting, fearfully polluting. Polluting. The leper could not be around others until they were declared clean. Isn't that the case in the scriptures? We find that leprosy, it separated people from one another. Sin is a great separator, isn't it? It separates people from one another. It comes even between brothers and sisters sometimes. And how polluting sin is. Something else concerning sin, likened to a disease. There's not many afflictions or diseases that aren't painful, are there? And if they aren't painful, they may become painful. Sin is painful. It hurts. In the Old Testament it is described in this way, so many ways, but this way in particular I want to bring out. The way of the transgressor is hard. One of the reasons why is because it's, sin is painful. It's very difficult. And since it is painful it brings on a stage of deadness. I know people that they won't admit and they won't confess that they are dead in trespass and sins as how the, the Bible describes it. But they seem as though they have a dead conscience concerning their awareness of sin. Or they have no feeling one way or the other. When sin is really discerned that's when it becomes painful. Sin didn't hurt so bad before the Holy Spirit got a hold of you and convicted you of your sins. It didn't always seem so bad. In fact, we enjoyed it. And we very much took pleasure in it. But when it's discerned, discerned, it's painful. You remember when the psalmist wrote, he said, the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. And God, of course, was convicting him. 
Sin is one of the heaviest things that you will ever have, bear. And you cannot do anything about it. People can go into different programs. They can be helped in many ways, and multitudes of people have. But another point that I want to bring out this morning, a main point, is this. Only Jesus can remove sin. We are so very thankful for sicknesses, illnesses, diseases, with your old pastor about how uh, this horrible uh, uh, spreading bacteria could be removed. We're so thankful for that. And, but no one can remove sin save Jesus. Not a single person. And as the Lord is who he is, when it speaks here in Matthew chapter 9, and we'll not take the time to read it, but in the above verses, one of the things that we are told about here in the context is how that, you know the scribes and Pharisees, and Jesus is speaking about them. He said, the whole have no need of a physician. They thought they were whole. They weren't, but they thought they were. And only a few, as far as I can tell in the scriptures, ever came to a point where that they confessed their sins. They came to the place where that, yes, I am a sinful being. And they got saved. As we had remarked here recently, Saul of Tarsus was one. And every one of us, when God saved us, we were as Saul of Tarsus. We were the chief of sinners. The very chief. But Jesus is the only one who can remove sin. And why is that? The reason why is because it pleased the divine mercy of God To give to Christ his character as a physician. We don't consider it such as his offices in the scripture. Such as uh, prophet, priest, and king. But it would not bring any harm to say one of his offices is the great physician. Because really and truly it is. And our great physician has an office, doesn't he? And I admire when I go to a, a, a doctor's office and I see the diplomas and all of the schooling that they had been through. And I don't know how they did it. I don't. I had enough with all the schooling I've had. I had nowhere near the amount they did. But all of the schooling and the diplomas, they graduated. And with so many different degrees. And they have them hanging up. And it does my heart good to see them. I always look to see where they got their degree. It's just something that I do. But the fact of the matter is this. The Lord, he's the only one with a diploma to be the great physician. He's the only one. Nobody else can be who he is. 
We never see sin as black as Jesus did when he was there on the cross. Nobody will ever see it that black. Because the Father forsook him in that time, didn't he? Sure he did. Why hast thou forsaken me? Christ did not come to this earth to place bread in somebody's mouth or sip wine for them. The bread that had been dipped in wine. He did not come to lay a flattering unction to men's souls. He did not come to prevent the stress of our conscience. He says to his peace, peace. That's what he says to us. You know why? Because he knows that we are in distress. So he didn't come to prevent it, did he? He came to say, peace be unto you. And that's what he does. He came to cure sin. Somebody says he ought to do something about the wars that are going on throughout the world. He did not come to give that kind of peace. Not when he came to go to the cross. He did not come to put a film over sin. To put a, a mask upon it so that we couldn't see it. He came to pay for our sins. To die in our stead. That's what he did when he went to the cross, didn't he? You see, mercy had given this great character unto Christ and unto no other. What a blessing and how blessed we are. Amen. So I want to note in closing, what's so good about his cures? I should say what's so great about his cures. And if you've ever been healed, you know it, you've experienced it. And certainly you that are saved by grace of God, we know what it is to be cured of our sins that we were in such bondage to that we could not free ourselves. Amen. And it was all of those characteristics that we had stated earlier that is so likened unto disease and even more. There, there's more characteristics and I'm, I'm sure you've thought of some already. But one of the things about the cures of the great physician and we have testimony to this fact throughout the scriptures. His cures are very speedy. His cures are very speedy. Doesn't Jesus save us and we are instantaneously saved? Amen. He doesn't drag it out. He doesn't say you're going to have to go through catechism. He doesn't say that we're going to have to go through some schooling or that we're going to have to make promises unto him. He cures us instantaneously. Just like that fellow that he did physically during his earthly ministry when he said, stretch forth thy hand, and he did. It was done instantaneously. There wasn't a person that he healed during his earthly ministry as far as physical healing was concerned 
that it took time for them to heal. Not a single one. So he, he cures speedily. What does it take for an individual to be cured of their sins speedily by the great physician? Well, here's what Christ said in his wonderful word. There is life in a look to him. That's it, isn't it? That's all that there is. There isn't anything else to be added to it. The great physician, one of the marvels about his character, and that he heals speedily, is that he's never wrong. He's the specialist of specialists. He heals not only carefully, but eternally. Jesus made the whole of human nature his specialty. Is there anything that he doesn't know about our, besides our physical bodies? He also knows about our mind. He knows about our thoughts. Things that can't be seen by even a, a, a CAT scan. By any kind of scan. These things cannot be seen. Jesus sees. And the Bible tells us he cures speedily. Are we not told in his, the scriptures in that wonderful book of Isaiah by his stripes we are healed. We're also told in the scriptures he said, I will heal thee of all thy diseases. And he's going to. And we find that when he heals, he never fails. Jesus doesn't attempt to do something and then it not be done. He spoke and the world came into existence, didn't it? And all he has to do is speak to our hearts. And when he does, and he gives grace to respond, certainly we have been blessed. One, just one other thing. Jesus, in being the great physician, shows his graciousness that he comes to us to aid and to cure us. You cannot ever say, and you know a whole lot of people say a lot of things about God, don't they, today? But you can never say, and people blame God for a whole lot of things that he had nothing to do with as far as causing. Jesus is so gracious that it goes beyond our very thoughts of reasoning. Even the psalmist declared how that all his benefits unto me what shall I render? And we are not uh, deserving of the least of his favors. The great physician has a sympathy with such intense desire that after he cures us of sin, he says, now I'm going to do something else for you. I'm going to intercede for those sins that come upon you and 
up from within you that you have still in that sinful nature that you'll have till I call you home. He said, I'm going to intercede for you. So when we sin, what do we do? Bible says we ask him to forgive us. And he does that every time. You don't ever have to have a doubt about it whatsoever. And just think, people that have been so self-righteous, people that have been so high and mighty in their thoughts and in their ways, people who were perfectly righteous as far as they thought, because in some ways we all thought we were all right, didn't we, before God saved us, before we came to the realization that we needed to be saved. But just think, because he is so gracious, he comes to people just like that. Doesn't he come to people that are, are, are so addicted to drugs and, and alcohol? My father said many times, I'm not a reformed drunkard, I'm a reborn drunkard. And he was. And certainly that is true. So if you're here and don't know Jesus... Trust in Him. He'll save you from your sins. And all of these things are included with that wonderful salvation. And again, it just thrills our hearts to study the Scriptures and to read in them about our gracious Redeemer. We sing of Him. We sing of our great physician. All that He does, He does for His own and He does for His glory. So if you're lost, trust Him. Never one of us that are saved. Thank God that He gives you the grace to say thanks. That's kind of just sticking with me these days. That, that expression, give Him thanks that He gives you grace to say thanks. Now I'm talking about thanks for everything. Not just as you sit down for a meal, but everything. That was one of the expressions I used to hear a lot. Well, you offer thanks. My father would call on uh, one of us at the table to offer thanks. Or he'd ask everybody to bow his head and he said, I'm going to offer thanks now. And that's right. That's correct. But we have so much thanks to give to him. And how gracious he is to accept it. How wonderful is our Lord. May the Lord bless you in our prayer. There's so many things we want to say. We love you all. We love you all because the Lord has put it in our hearts to do so too. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you all, more than any other church, desires for their pastor, for the Lord to heal him. As far as the church is concerned. Doesn't mean that other churches aren't concerned, but he's, your, he's the under-shepherd of the Lord here. And there are fathers here. But being his father, you can understand how that we are with him. And we appreciate your thoughts and feelings in that direction. I said to Brother Crowder this morning, I have known and I have experienced myself many pastors that had to or were absent from their pulpits 
some for short times, some for lengthy times because of illness and uh, different problems that occurred or, or came up. I do not know of a pastor anywhere that had to be absent from his pulpit because of what has happened to your pastor. I don't know personally. God does, and perhaps uh, some of you do. But the Lord knows all about it. Right. And may the Lord continue to bless us. Pray for us. We, we're planning on going home in the morning. And we plan to come back. We just aren't sure when. And so pray about that with us too. That the Lord would give leadership in all things. All right, Brother Crowder, Brother Frank. One verse. Turn to page 221, and then you have one verse. God lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. Sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now save am I. Love lifted me, love lifted even me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Micah to dismiss us in prayer. Amen. Thank you for um, Pastor Healy to be here. Um, pray for uh, their safety when they go home. And we always pray for them, Lord, um, that you always uh, keep them safe even if they come back here. Uh, you, know, you, you pray that you protect them. Lord, we pray for our pastor about he, he, oh, yeah. in the hospital to always. Um, um, Give him um, encouragement and give him um, uh, your wonderful healing hand that, uh, that he may recover faster than what the doctor is saying. Lord, help him uh, to be encouraged in all ways uh, for the therapy and also Lord. Yes. Um, the desire to be appreciated. Lord, we pray for everyone here uh, that you us and help us Amen. always in the church to praise you and um, to, to glorify your name. To all of those who are sick today, pray you heal them and yes. all of this we ask and thanks in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.